0: i recording right now. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Now Your Average Critic. I'm here with Michael Newman, and today we'll be breaking down a film, Legend, directed by Brian. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, Hegeland? Hedgeland? Do you know how to pronounce that? Hedgeland? Hegeland? Whatever? Helgeland? Maybe. Helgeland? Oh, he'll, it's, he'll,
1: it's probably one of those words those names that you think it sounds that way and it just turns out not sound yeah that way. so
0: if for some reason brian is uh, brian h brian h yeah <laughs> so if brian h is uh, tuning in for whatever reason um i apologize for butchering the name and all that but anyway so yeah legend um it's a film on netflix um so you can find it there i'm not sure if it's on hulu or any other yep. platform but i'm sure it's on maybe a couple other platforms uh it came out in 2015 it's about the cray twins ronnie and reginald cray they were one of the most notorious gangsters in London during the 60s. And they pretty much ran everything from from everything from betting to nightclubs to extortion, you know, whatever you can name. They were probably on top of everything. It's about that um, their, their crazy story. So, Michael, first of all, um, without going into full detail, because we will get into a little bit of more detail of the yeah. film with everything. What was your overall impression of the film?
1: So... My overall impression, I had, I had no idea what it was going to be like going into it. I mean, you did tell me that it was about uh, twins and that they were like gangsters in London. But I really, I never imagined like the mafia in London in a way. Right, So of it's course. pretty much like, just imagine a bunch of mafia people, but like they just have like British accents. Like that's what it's, and they're a little more classy, I feel like, hmm. like. Like more than American movies, like they're a little more classy with with how they deal with some stuff compared to like the uh, like the savagery of like some american mafia people but like they they they're very classy but i just think that it was an it was a incredible movie and to see both of them played by one person but they're two different characters like it really showed you how similar they are and how different they can be even though it's the same person
0: right yeah right man absolutely i also think yeah i also kind of agree with you um the savagery part i feel like they got pretty the movie itself they get pretty graphic with things that they do especially like, like certain Towards like bar fights end, and yeah. all yeah I mean, yeah even in the beginning like like the, that bar fight between like the person that they, they had the beef with like in a bar where oh uh, was it ronald oh uh, no uh ronald comes back with um with like two hammers, something like that, and Reggie ends up having oh, him no. with the brass oh, yeah, knuckles was, and all was that. That was towards, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That was like that was like the middle yeah. when they were like going back to go get at the gang or whatever. That was pretty insane. Yeah, and he came out with like the brass knuckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is crazy because yeah,
0: yeah. he popped, he popped out I don't know. And it was just the two of them against like maybe five to ten guys at least. Which I don't know if that is exactly accurate or they were just made for dramatization and all that. But either way, it's a crazy scene. I also think that yeah. the reason maybe like this movie was like. The way it was produced you know like violence wise and everything was because like you said maybe you had to like keep up a little bit with like that with american mafia movies Amer- american mafia movies like let's say like goodfellas or um like casino or the departed like movie like films like that It they show you kind of like, the psychology and kind of like the violence and all the crazy that, that happens in those movies so i think in order to kind of like introduce like more of a british mafia film it had to kind of like be up to par with the violence and kind of show exactly like, you know, even though they're across the pond and we, and as Americans, we probably have like this, these stereotypes about England, about the British and all that, that, you know yeah. Like
1: the stereotypes that I had thinking going in, like it totally threw them down. Like I had no idea that there wasn't really a London gangsters like this running the cities, how they were and like racketeering and all the things that they're doing. And it's just insane to see it. And for them to put it in a movie and create a movie like after it was finished and they kind of sh- like I thought I remembered it being a true story but I didn't really remember it being a true story while I was watching it and then at the end of the movie they like show um, the mugshots of the two twins and it's like it's real like those are the those are the real guys and like comparing them to the actor yeah of it's course pretty crazy
0: yeah speaking of the actor um so Tom Hardy stars in it and he plays both the Krayt twins which that was incredible. He did a great job, and one, one distinguishing factor between playing these two with these two men was that not only are, there, are they psychopaths in their own in their own regards and are super aggressive, and obviously both have their faults and you know are are, are bigger than life type of characters, but you know playing a sibling and playing like mm-hmm. two different people, because obviously um, Ronald has I would say like more mental issues, like even like the the therapist in the first part. Like in the beginning oh, of the movie yeah, when, he's yeah. like, when he's analyzing him says that, you know he has he's he's uh, suffers from schizophrenia and so much other yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: like he's just not. Yeah, and t- yeah.
0: yeah. So already off the top, but like, yet yeah, you already know this guy's like you know a mental case and everything. And Reginald and to re- see how
1: yeah. re- to see how Reggie um he went into the like his brother Ronald got like locked up and put into a mental asylum and he went in there. And pretty much just told him like, nah, he's fine. He's coming out, and like because of who he is, of being like this gangster and like pretty much lo- running London, the psychiatrist that's there pretty much just says like, he is uh, safe. He is his mind is good, and he can leave this facility. Well, in the back of his head, he knows damn well that this guy is crazy. Yeah, exactly. And you see when he like right before he leaves, he hands. Uh, the the psychiatrist hands Reggie like these pills and it's like, if you want, if you don't want any problems, he better take these twice a day. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, and the, it makes you think like it's like really like should I give it to him twice a day should I not? But it's like for him to like give him those pills it was really like, what?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like I think like of course like the be- the I think the beginning of the film was incredible because not only does um, is it na- like you starts start off with na- oh like a narration from Francis Cray which is um. Which is Reggie's wife, but it also kind of shows, like from the beginning, you know, these these two brothers already have so much power to the point where, you know, like they get a psychiatrist to pretty much go in front of a board and pretty much lie to all these doctors and yeah. people. Which, which, of course, you know, like, it's like psychiatry and doctors in general, they kind of have to live to like towards like this moral code that is, you know, they have to be honest and they have to do the best thing for their patient. So I think already like kind of like, and, you know, they don't. Start, they could have started off the film with them like them robbing somebody or with them doing like a typical mobster type of crime. But this one, I think is crazy because they kind of get themselves like, it's like they give themselves like this privilege of like getting exactly what they want when they want, just because it's them. They have this like, like unstoppable yeah. power. So I think like, and that's pretty legendary in a sense, which I think goes really well with the, with the name of the film too. So, um, so going back to the next question, Francis Cray, which as I explained before is a wife of uh, Reggie Cray and she narrates the story, which I think is very interesting. What do you think about her narrating the whole story? Because it could have been. Because I was surprised it wasn't either Reginald or Ronald that was narrating it instead of her.
1: Yeah. So that was pretty. Um, like I, I had no idea because she was pretty much narrating from the beginning, right?
0: The whole movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, at the beginning, I, like would you just hear like this woman's voice talking, and you have no idea who she is. Yeah, exactly. Until like a half hour, forty minutes into the movie, when he goes up to her front door or whatever. Like it's really, I don't know, it's it's right or is it in the beginning of the movie I don't know but it's like it's like way too long for you to like her character isn't introduced and you just don't know who is speaking kind of and they do do a couple of like flashback scenes in a way to where the way she's narrating it it's like she's foreshadowing or she's kind of talking about the past and it's like it, it was kind of confusing right for me like it just like the way that the time and I mean I kind of put it together after the fact but like it was just kind of weird the way she was talking uh over some of the stuff because it didn't match up with what was going on but I think it was very interesting to choose her to narrate it because it is through like someone else's eyes rather than Reggie because obviously if Reggie or Ronnie I mean, even if Ronnie could sit to have an interview, if they could, if they could talk about their story, it would probably be so biased towards themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So it wouldn't be like we wouldn't really know what was going on or really the truth. So seeing it from like his wife, there is kind of a bias because she does love him or whatever like that, his feeling towards him. But I don't think there is as much as as much as a bias as if he was telling it
0: that's a very good point and i was actually asking myself you know why have her narrated because we i've never seen a, a mafia crime movie where at least you know i don't know i could be wrong about this but in general like let's say like Martin scorsese films where there is like a narration it's from the main either one of the main characters so like in casino yeah exactly it was um it was joe pesci i'm pretty sure who narrates but then in goodfellas it's ray liotta who played yeah it's ray liotta who narrates but they're all the main characters to a certain extent. So I don't know if they were trying to kinda of like take a like I don't know if Brian Brian H, the director, was um trying to take like a like notes from took notes from Scorsese, but then did his own little twist to it. Because I thought it was a very smart idea. Because yeah, like like you said, at first when I was watching the movie, you like, alright, who is this woman? We don't know who she is. I, I thought at first that the woman that, that was speaking was his daughter or something, or his niece, or someone like yeah, a family. Right? Or, yeah, someone who was like directly invested with it within a family, per se. But then you find out towards like the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes you kind of like um put it like put two and two together that's Francis. that's speaking yeah once
1: you hear her speaking from her character you could oh that's her voice yeah and at but first like, it and, takes yeah. a little
0: while it does yeah and i think that's something that kind of like intrigue it kind of like um you know pulls in a person who's watching the film for the first time because of course it's kind of like there's a lot of stuff going on like you don't know who to... yeah especially yeah you don't know who, I'm my, sorry, you don't, i was just yeah, saying
1: my first you, time yeah. My first time, quick. I I literally didn't realize it was her speaking until probably like halfway through the movie.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, so it's like you don't <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, realize. so you don't know if it's like, it's a lot, lot of moving parts going on. So at first, like you find out that one of the brothers is schizophrenic, and they kind of get whatever they want. There's a woman narrating it. You don't know who it is. It's like these two characters who are crazy and just so there's a lot going on. So it's like kind of like a lot that you want to find out towards the end, which I think is a great introduction and a great way to kind of take like an old school um like mafia film method. Uh-huh. But then spinning around and kind of like make it his own, which I felt like it was incredible.
1: It, yeah, it definitely had like those classic mafia feels, but it definitely had that like when was it released? 2019. I was gonna say 2020 modern, but like it's probably a 2015 release. But yeah. it definitely had like a modern filming to it with the costumes, the 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 like everything from the shots the way they did all the shots with the cars driving around Abs- yeah in the beginning exactly with like the cops that were like sitting on his block watching him the way they just like he's like you know i'm gonna walk and then it's like they're following him and just the way the camera followed them all through like this little town that they live in i thought the shots were very good because it did sh- it, it, it could have seemed like a drone did it but then also it could have seemed maybe just like a crane so like it did give it that like futuristic or classic film feel
0: yeah. That's something that I watched. I watched the movie twice. I watched it once for the first time a couple of months ago, but then I revisited it right before this episode, you know, for the, for the sake of just, you know, like talking, like, you know, maybe catching some stuff that I didn't catch before. I didn't really, I, th- I don't think I really appreciated like the cinematography and the camera angles when I first watched it. But then when I went back, I'm like, wow, I, I caught like more stuff now that I knew what, like the plot and what was, how it was going to end. I kind of had more time to kind of like focus on the more technical pieces, such as costume design and, and the camera angles. One camera angle, shot one shot that that I want to kind of discuss is like you said before, um, where it's at the beginning of it's like more towards the beginning of the movie where Red was it Ronald? Wait, Ronald? Yeah, where Ronald comes out. The one out. with the glasses is crazy. Yeah, Ronald. About. Yeah, so it's Ronald. So when Ronald comes out with two cups of tea for the detectives that are kind of like following. Oh them, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like talking to them. You know, do you guys want tea? Whatever. The other, the one that takes the <laughs> tones to screw off and all of that, like he he drops a tea like on their on their car and, and everything, right? Yeah, the what? way he
1: just like walks away and he's like, nope, <laughs> he just, like, yeah, funny. Yeah, those are funny. It's honestly, I feel like he knew that they weren't gonna accept it and he just wanted to pour it out. Oh no, it's like, just like it, like, he, like mocking them
0: because he knows that just, they can't really do anything at the time and that's the thing. Like, I think both of them love showing like their power structure and both of them exactly love showing like everybody me. that they're untouchable. Because even in that scene, like, where he's walking, he gives, like, he's saying hi to to the old ladies and he gives money to to two women walking by and stuff like that. So, oh, like, yeah, think, he's,
1: like, saying hello to everyone in the neighborhood and stuff like that, like, yeah. everyone knows him. So
0: I think that, and he, I think he does it 50-50 on purpose when the cops are watching him because it's kind of to show him that, hey, listen, like, I know you don't like us and you're out here chasing us, but everyone here loves us and and, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. just going to get our way no matter what. And that type of, like, confidence and all that is, like, I guess what makes them legendary in the first place. But one camera angle that I liked that I liked was that when the cops like pull, like, you know, like pull off to go follow them, there's a camera angle that shows like right behind the seat and kind of like an angle where, let's say, if we were in the back seat of the car, that we would see it through. Like you see it through yes. like the glass window and everything. Yes. Makes it really more. It makes it really realistic. It makes it feel like the the audience is kind of on that but ride and like there yeah. per se. And I, and I personally love that. It's like a right, right, like um, like behind the shoulder type of scene. Which I think yeah, exactly. is incredible. Yeah. It felt
1: like you're sitting in the back seat.
0: Yeah, of course. Are there any are there any other camera angles like from scenes that you vividly remember that you might want to talk about?
1: So I, I think back to the the scene with the brass knuckles. Yes. That whole the fight bar scene, fight, yeah. I think that the bar fight, I think that the way that that was filmed was just so good because it wasn't too like some fight scenes are like dizzy because it like follows the punch or follows stuff but like this the camera kind of stuck it just switched positions inside the bar but i loved when ronald crazy one walks like he leaves at first like before they even start fighting like he just like bugs out and leaves and then uh reggie's just kind of standing there left at the bar and like you see reggie but, like, in the background, you see, like, Ronald getting ready outside. Like, whatever he's doing, like, he's just, like, in the glass. Just, like, getting ready. And then all of a sudden, he just comes in from behind. And, they, they, and then they start zooming in. And I think that that was cool how they had, like, a wide shot. And just was zoomed into like, all the fights after the fact.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think, like, the re- you brought up a good point. I think the reason why they didn't, the camera wasn't too, I guess, like, too all over the place like an actual fight scene would was because... I guess Tom Hardy had to. There were certain scenes that Tom Hardy had to play, like each, like one of each, like the different takes and all that. So I think. So they didn't want to make it like too much out of the place because it kind of shows like Tom Hardy playing Reggie One, then Ronald's side, then kind of going back and forth. And not just during the bar fight, but during the whole movie in general. I think it was like important to kind of like organize each each take and each film and stuff like that to make it seem so natural. Because I'm not even sure how they edited it or how exactly how they kind of like went about I don't I, like to be honest cause I'm not much of like a like a f- production expert to the point where I know exactly how to um to like how like one actor like you know, you know stuff like that actor. yeah, yeah exactly, that's yeah. that's incredibly difficult like to edit to produce to to act out you know everything so I'm actually really surprised that he I don't well I'm not surprised they did it, that he did a good job but I'm surprised at how easy and how fluid and natural they made it yeah, seem
1: it, how f- how fluid that's what I was gonna it just flowed yeah, exactly. It, it was very... It was like a choreographed dance kind of thing. Exactly. Like, that's how it felt. Like, I feel like the fight scene choreography is was so well done that... it, Like, a lot of movies you see, like, when they do a punch, something like that. Like, it's just, like, the person who gets punched just reacts too much. Like, this movie is just, like, they react just enough to where it's so violent. Like, it's... it's some of the punches not even are strong punches, but, like, just, like, the reaction from the people and just, like, the slight uh special effects with like blood and stuff like that just really makes everything up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly I'm spot on. And also it just kinda of shows like the suddenty of everything because then you know uh Reg uh, Ronald leaves and comes back with two hammers and then uh Reginald you know Reggie has like two bre- like two sets of brass knuckles on each um well, one yeah, set of just, brass like, knuckles on each, of on each on each fist but you don't realize until like he brings them up. But the way he brings them up like the camera position is so like Perfectly centered yeah, towards him. Like that when chest, he brings up, yeah. yeah. So when he brings up his fist, you see a boom right there. There's no need to like zoom in on it. Like you just show it right there. Then that's when the whole fight goes down and everything. So yeah, those camera shots are absolutely incredible. And I think also kind of like the way they panned out, panned it out like um like like the the scene, like the party scenes, where at first when you know, because obviously like they're famous for you know owning a lot of bars and clubs. So the first day with with Francis, like kinda of walking in. It reminded me a lot of Goodfellas to the sense where like, you know, where like, you know, the it's a gangster with like his girlfriend or going on a first date type of thing. And they walk in and, you know, the guy obviously introduces himself to everybody, shakes hands, like everyone knows who he is, and like the girl's kind of like amazed at the fact that like this guy has so much prestige and so oh, much power. Yeah, yeah. Like in Goodfellas, uh Henry, it's when it's when Henry Hill and Karen like first go out. And it's like you see the camera angle like following them like through like they skip the line, going through like the kitchen, going through the back end. Like he, like Henry, says hi to every single person. Like everyone respects yeah, yeah. him. They made the a table out, and so going back to like, comparing this to this movie, it's when you see like you know um, when you see uh, Reggie, you know with um, with Francis, kind of like and he says hi to everybody, and like people respect him obviously. he says, oh, you know, this is my club, and she asks him, she's like, oh, like what do you mean, like like, like your local local pub? And she, he's like, nah, like this is like my actual like I own this bar, like you know all that. So I think, like, that type of, like, again, I think um, Brian H definitely definitely was inspired from that Martin Martin Scorsese film, Goodfellas, and definitely kind of, like, tried to implement that type of stuff in his own way. I thought it was really cool and really original. And, you know, like, the movie starts off with, like, them being in love and everything's all great. And then it's kind of, like, a very slow decline for both of them as a relationship as the movie goes on, as, like, you you go on.
1: Yeah, you see, like, yeah, just like this movie where you see how his... Perf- like his occupation affects his personal life.
0: Right, of course.
1: And how? That's where it got me. That like France is the narrator because like when she... I don't even know if her... do we say this. Like, are, we yeah, are we spoiling? Yeah, I mean, listen, we we're
0: talking about it, so yeah. So spoiler when alert. Just find out if you don't that she's like
1: dead. Well, there you go. When you yeah. when when you find out she's like dead and she's still talking at the narration it just like threw me off so much mm-hmm. because like it I didn't expect it really and and then she still continues to narrate the movie so it still felt like she was there
0: but like in spirit type of thing
1: exactly yeah but yeah. like in spirit yeah just like this voice from the clouds
0: yeah no that it creeped me out a little bit not gonna lie to you because you know, I've never really seen that type of um, that type of, I guess, acting or narration within a film before, where like you have someone from the dead speaking or someone who's not yeah, who's it, it kind of reminded me movie.
1: of like American Horror Story in a way, like the first season. I don't know if you watched that, but like someone dies and then like they're not really, I mean, and they think they're alive, right? And it, it's just like they're still talking and you're like, wait, what? You're dead?
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and it I, yeah, I think it, it kind of adds more like sadness to the movie too because I think. You want to like the Cray twins, like I personally, yeah. you know, you, you want to like them because they're, you know, obviously like these tough Swat guys, point. amazing, they get what they want, everything. And I think, like, we like to like, I think as movie audiences, we like to, we want to love the villain because a villain kind of like, we, I don't know, because like, everyone, because you know, I kind I guess, like, the, the villains are cool the villain, and huh? the cops are like, are people who you <laughs> yeah. know, like, you don't like to like and all that type of stuff. But then when yeah, she but then when that, she dies, well, either way she commits suicide or overdoses, and but she's still you know narrating and all of that. You start to kind of take her side and feel bad for her, and then like the villainous part, you get to see from like from Ronnie and from uh, from Reginald. I guess like more from Reg- from Reggie's side because, I guess Ron through all yeah, his yeah. faults and everything, I guess never technically abused anybody or I guess like went to that extent to, like you know like killed a loved one or whatever I guess, but yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like this weird, kind of like it hits you out of nowhere. Then you realize, wow, that like the person who's narrating the whole story is actually dead from the get-go. But she's, I guess, like just remembering back. And then it's exactly. it, then it's also kind of like a little strange because you know this is a true. This is based on a true story. So Ronald yeah. and Reginald, yeah. So I found out that Ronald and Reginald actually ended up spending spending life in prison, but they each passed away at separate times. Like, yeah, I, I saw think, that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ron passed away of like of. Um, I don't know if it was can- I don't know like either someone that well, yeah one passed away from yeah. cancer and which is which the is uh, a one
1: yeah it had it in the credits it was uh one passed away from cancer Ronald passed away from cancer and um
0: I think Reggie passed away with cancer too right or something like they both died of like maybe it was a like heart um, attack or something yes yeah you know what there you go yeah I think um. Reggie, no, Ronald passed away of, of a heart attack, I think, and then Reginald passed away of cancer, all oh, like five years apart or something like that. And the only time he was let out of prison was to yeah, visit his brother's I, funeral.
1: I, Reggie was released from prison on compassionate grounds in two thousand. Yeah, eight and a half weeks before he died of bladder cancer.
0: That's crazy. But you know, what, you know what else, too? Like, I felt like... Well, it was a long movie. I would say... Like, how long would you say it was? Like, an hour and a half it or was, two hours? It was
1: long. It was two hours and 11 minutes.
0: Damn. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, like, I would have loved... Like, I don't know how people feel about long movies, it, but for me... It, that's what... Yeah. It,
1: I thought it was a great movie, but it felt kind of, like, dragged out. Like, it could have definitely told the whole story in, like, less than two hours, a little bit.
0: Right. I felt like they could have edited some, like, middle parts out and added more footage of maybe... On Reginald getting arrested, like, and, and whatever, then maybe zooming into like, um, Reggie being released for a little bit to go to his brother's funeral, yeah, because like, that would have been, yeah, yeah, because they, Cause when they went, he got, yeah, they went because they went to life, they ended up going to jail for, for life, I think, for a lot of charges, and on top of that, for killing, um, for killing, like, oh, like the hitman that, guy that didn't, the- yeah, that didn't kill, like, that ended up wounding, uh, Leslie Payne, which, is, like, their, I guess, our finance manager, who ended up going to the cops and ended up like ratting on them just for like um like for a lesser jail sentence or for protection or something like that but i think it would have been like the only flaw about the film is that it could have came like more full circle to a certain extent like going back to martin scorsese like his films everything kind of comes full circle like you kind of know what like you know some it starts off with like you know something that happens suddenly then it kind of goes back and but then like everything kind of comes full circle towards the end to where either the person the main character gets old or dies or just his life mafia life called crime life ends so i felt like they could have closed it off a closure like him going like his uh reggie going yeah. to his brother's funeral or something or him being in prison for like whatever and him like reminiscing about his life it yeah
1: yeah, they kind of just closed it off with, like, their credits and then, like, just two pictures of their mugshots, like, of the real craze. Yeah. And I was like, oh, look, at them. But, like, it, yeah, no, it, it was just, it could have, that's because the first thing I actually said to my mom, my mom was like, what are you watching? I was like, oh, I'm watching Legend. And then she was like, oh, it's a good movie. It's just kind of drawn out. And I was like, yeah. why would you say that? Right, <laughs> like,
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like a little bit drawn off. I feel like some details in the middle were like, I guess, maybe like some club scenes or maybe like some fight scenes maybe or maybe some stuff for like her. Yeah, end.
1: like just a little bit of it, like just like some of the stuff of him just like walking around and stuff could have just been cut a little bit shorter. Yeah, Cause get absolutely. The idea. Yeah. Because there was like a couple scenes where he's like talking to someone and I'm just like, all right, I'm tired of you talking to him. Yeah, no, I exactly. Like yeah, well, on. yeah,
0: I guess that's the, that's the only flaw. I guess I, I don't know if, the, I don't know if... uh the director felt like it was important to kind of show like their day to day life, like walking around and he stuff like that. He probably felt there was like an importance. Yeah, because because all they needed, like if it was up to me, I would just dedicate maybe like three or four minutes of a mix of them getting like sentenced yet for life, um, and then uh and then Reggie going to to Ronald's funeral towards the end and showing him old and prison maybe like maybe reminiscing his life or something. And then mm-hmm. boom, then you could have cut the credits and stuff like that, and like that's it. But that's just yeah, if I that was like up to me. Too. But you know, it's whatever. But other than that, I think it was a solid film. Um, actually, there's a couple. Of, there's like one cameo. There's you know all the actors were great too. But there was one cameo or one there's, there's one actor in particular that that was really cool. Um, were you surprised to see Ch- Chaz uh, Palmentieri, who has been fil- who was a main character in Good uh, in uh, a Bronx Tale? Were you surprised to see him in there?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when. He, when they were saying that they were meeting the Americans and stuff like that, like, I didn't know what, I mean, they were meeting Italian mafia people, but I didn't know like who, or like what was going to happen. And when that whole scene, let's talk about that scene, that whole scene when chasmo Melvin is right there is just so, it shows, that the pow, not the power of the craze, but just like that they don't care.
0: Right. They didn't care who it was.
1: Because... Ronald Cray is actually gay
0: uh, I think he says bisexual But yeah But like I think through the movie oh, yeah. it, kinda, like, it shows he, that he's yeah, like He, more he has gay,
1: like right? a boyfriend Like the whole entire movie Right yeah and yeah. You, you don't
0: see any other women Like he says he's bisexual But you don't see any other women In the movie you just Yeah you never see any that. women
1: And like yeah. he's always With this one guy Tom, I think it's played by Tom Edgar, Edgerton He's in The Kingsman But Chaz Terry, When he was like Oh yeah I'll get you some ladies and Stuff like that He was like Nah I don't want ladies <laughs> I like <laughs> yeah. boys. And then he was just like, the, the look in his face was just shock. like, just I thought that, shock. that scene was so good. Cause like, he was just like, wow, you got a lot of balls on you kid. Like for saying something like that. Cause it's like 1940. Like no one was, that wasn't like a thing. Then people weren't out. Like it was like shunned upon. So for him to say that it was like pretty ballsy.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think it was set in the sixties, but still either way, same thing applies. Like, and I was watching the second time I watched it, I watched it with my parents and they were like, Yeah, like back then you would never even never even dare to say something like that. You would just probably like say, Yeah, looking at some girls and that's about it. But like yeah, but now the that whole scene is crazy and it probably would have gone a little and of course I think uh um like cause I think I forgot I got I forgot uh Pimentary's, um his his character's name exactly, but I think in that setting it would have that reaction would have gone a lot differently if they didn't just lock in a huge deal that was worth like so much money back then. So in a sense, kind of like yeah. they're kind of laughing it off, but then like you know what like, we're, we're making money with these guys, so we can't just like be disrespectful and all that. But yeah, that was a very fu- it was a funny moment too, cause like and it shows that as me- as 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 um, as flawed as Ronald is and has many and like the fact that he has so many issues and stuff like that. I think I appreciated how blunt and honest he was to a certain extent, that he just didn't care about what anybody said, and he kind of just did what he did. Like of course, like. Towards as the film goes, you realize that like that kind of attitude, mixing with the fact that he wasn't taking his medicine, mixing with the fact that he actually needed like more psychiatric help, like kind of put them in a very rough spot. I think like short term, you kind of appreciate that he didn't really care back then. And he was just doing yeah. him no matter what, and the fact that no one was really gonna call him like like um no one was gonna make fun of him for being like like for being gay or for being like whatever. Simply because they knew better, and simply because like they knew like the man of a stature that he was, and that he was never there to kind of turn <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, great. That's a great um, great film. And they also they they um, he talks about Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky is obviously this huge like um mob figure back in the sixties, I guess. And you know this is based on a true story. So I guess like Meyer Lansky had like business in London, and they're talking about how London was gonna be like the, the Las Vegas of Europe, and all of that. And that's kind of like a piece of history that I don't think. We are really taught about like that, or like that films have really maybe like um, maybe capitalized on or spoken about. But I oh, think the definitely. fact that like that that all these like mafia people and all these like mafia universes directly knew each other, or kind of knew of each other, want to make money with each other, kind of like shows how powerful they were. So like, you know, like the mafia in Philly or New York or Boston or somewhere else, they weren't just powerful like within their own states or their own cities. Like they. You know, when they said that they were expanding, they expanded and made business everywhere. So I felt like that was that's just incredible because like they're, because um I think like in in that scene they were talking about like having bear bonds and having and like distributing them or cashing them in like internationally because they were stolen from Montreal but they were, they were hard to move around like in the U.S. So the alternative was to go to, to to go to Europe, and do and you know do whatever they wanted to do with that. So I felt like you know, um that type of genius and that type of you know it kind of shows that like the mob wasn't just you know predominant in the states but it was predominant everywhere else because everyone yeah. else kind of like respected each other and they kind of wanted to make money like everywhere else so it's and it's kind of like it's kind of like in a super it's kind of like um, the way I see it it's kind of like in a superhero movie where like universes kind of like clash and all that and kind of come together It's kinda, that's kind of like how I look at it sometimes like when like the Avengers all like come in and start um fighting bad guys um each other when they all have their own respective movies that's kind of how it felt like for me I don't know if you feel the same way but that's kind of like how I look at it
1: yeah, like, two two different people. Yeah, that, that's how, Yeah, like, when the Americans came into British, it's, like, two different sides, but they were both coming together for the same cause, like, in a way.
0: Yeah, of course. Amazing. Um, What do you think about the slang used in the movie? Because there was some stuff that I felt like I needed subtitles, but then other parts yes. I didn't need them. Well, how yes! Like that?
1: I actually did say to myself a couple of times, like, I wish there was subtitles. Because... Some of this stuff I just couldn't understand because it's just British slang and I guess I can't understand. And just the way British people say certain words just doesn't sound the way I would think it would sound. So I just don't register it correctly. But I do, I did like the slang a lot. I thought it was funny and I thought it was very good. But I do, I, yeah, I do think there should be, should be some subtitles in some areas. Because that, yeah, would, that would add to, like, the comedy, kind
0: of. Yeah, of course. That would have been really funny. And there's a, there's a couple of scenes where I had to rewind back to kind of listen to exactly what they were saying. Because, of course, they yeah, have, like, you know. Yeah, thank it's, God. Yeah, I think going back to what we were saying about, like, I guess, like, comparing British culture to our culture from an American standpoint. I think the whole, one of the biggest stereotypes we have about Great Britain and about, like, yeah, about Great Britain in general, excuse me, is that. They're, they speak properly all the time, and they have tea a cup of tea, and they're, like, put t- well together and kind of, like, boring and stiff and stuff like that. But in reality, it's really the opposite. Well, not, not, not that it's the opposite, but, like, you know, they have their, um, like, their slang of their own. Just like we have our own slang, and they have kind of, like, their own swag and fashion and, yeah, exactly. way and inappropriate, you know, jokes and comedy in nature the same way, not the same way that we do, but in the same sense that we do, so... It's kind of cool to see like those barriers and that stereotype kind of broken and, and kind of like shown. Yeah, over.
1: that that's where I feel like it got me the most. It's because I've never really seen that side of London or like that, like what it could like. I never knew that. Like I really never knew that. So to see that, I think it was really cool to show from the perspective of just like this power, these powerful, powerful guys.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last question I have, this is my last question. I don't know if you want to go into other stuff, but the last question I have for you is that, you know, this is a great film, but it isn't mentioned that much. I think when it comes to like crime movies or mafia movies in general, I found this film, I, I, I found this film just by scrolling through Netflix and just, you know, Tom Hardy was starring in it. Okay, cool. Like, I'll just check it out. And it, I found out it was a great. Yeah, movie yeah, Like that. Why do you think it's not mentioned as much? Maybe like in pop culture or stuff like that? So
1: I feel like Netflix really pushes their push so they have like a batch of films and there's three films out of that batch that they really really want people to see so they're gonna promote those films and they only promote those films for like a month or two months before they come out and maybe like a week after they arrive and as soon as they finish launching their original launch date or whatever like netflix kind of just stops advertising them and just the viewership just slowly goes down in general So I feel like Netflix, I mean, I never seen Netflix advertise it, but they probably advertised it when it first came out and then just stopped advertising now and just, it just sits on Netflix for people to watch there. But I think that the reason it's not talked about a lot is because it's, it was, I guess, a Netflix movie and that it doesn't, it's not like a big blockbuster to where you're going to go and take time out of your day to drive to a movie theater to go watch it. I feel like yeah, those right, are what yeah. the like those move. I mean, well now with COVID every, everything's online. but before I feel like the movies that were in the movie theaters were pushed so much harder to be seen and talked about rather than something that's being streamed in a way, certain yeah, things because right. I feel like Netflix is very, very, they play favorites with their shows and movies. I feel
0: yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. But I also think th- I also think that um, maybe because I don't know if it's because it's like, it's like a well, it's an older movie. Well, it's not that's an older movie, but it's from five years ago. So I don't know if it kind of like plays out a little bit more. And maybe like the maybe there yeah. are like other f- and the thing here's the thing like we have so many films that are presented to us, whether it's from Hollywood or from other studios or from like a Netflix original or Hulu original or Amazon original like movie and stuff like that. There's so like sometimes I guess like having so much of something it's, it, too, it makes it's a little much harder. yeah yeah it makes it a little Pirate. harder because we like if, if you know if we didn't have so many crime films and this was like one of like the only crime films available let's say out of like 20 then it would be talked about a little more but the fact that there's so many other crime films and of course like you know um the irishman came out recently and i guess like you know like other oh yeah, films yeah, yeah, have, you exactly know, li- other films have came out a little more recently like in the same time as well you know yeah, it gets kind of hard to kind of like appreciate a film a little more unless you actually sit down and watch it a couple of times and all that but of course that type of patience yeah. isn't really popular nowadays so I think you know like, like the reason you said it is valid and I actually didn't think about it that way but there's probably a lot of reasons why this film isn't spoken and about also right
1: too just like you said Martin Scorsese I feel like the director we, we didn't really not to like put shame on him but we didn't really know his name so I feel like that's another thing that, well, The Irishman, it's directed by Martin Scorsese, so that's already going to sell the movie because of who's directing it. People aren't going to care if it's bad or if it's good. They just see it's a Scorsese movie and they're like, Oop, got to watch it. Yeah, exactly. So that's another factor. So if, if Legend was maybe, if it's the same script, same movie, maybe directed by someone else, I mean, obviously it wouldn't come out the same, but maybe it would have gotten more recognition or right. something like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like Tom. I feel like the fact that Tom Hardy's in the film too, like he st- he stars as a main as a main character for both main characters. I feel like that kind of like brings a lot of attraction to the movie as well. I, f- I do feel like the yeah. movie would be would be a little less popular if Tom Hardy wasn't acting in it, which it, it sucks to say. But oh,
1: if Tom Hardy wasn't in it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like who, the only person would be Chaz Palmeteri for like five minutes.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think listen, like Tom does an amazing job. He he does a really good job at kind of playing like. The, like the unusual type of character, like he was Bane in Batman. That's not an easy role oh, to play. He was Bane. He was Bane. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. Yeah, no, nah, I don't was... think I watched it. My Spanish yeah. teacher was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah. So he that was that was the first uh, movie I saw by. Well, that he acted in was in Bane, and he. Played I saw he was one. Venom. He was in Venom too. Yeah, he was in Venom. Yeah, he so, was yeah. Venom. But even then, like he plays like this kind of like quirky, offset type of guy, like, you know, whatever kind of like his hardness luck. But then like he plays like Venom, well, he becomes Venom, which is like this hero, not anti-hero type of thing. So it kind of it fits yeah, in perfectly because exactly. like this isn't the type of guy that I could. It's like a villain, but a good guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I think Tom Hardy, like in his roles, like he, he can't put, like it wouldn't be fair for him to play like the superhero or like, Captain America or Iron Man. It's like a simply good guy. Cause he brings, cause he naturally brings more of like a, like a I don't know, I don't know exactly what the word is, but it's kind of like he brings us more of like a complicated, mentally, physically, uh, mentally type of like character that you love to death, even though he might be like like a bad person or, you know, plays like is a little off and stuff like that. You know, like you you grow to respect like his characters, you know, after a while.
1: Yeah, I. I. I I haven't really seen that many movies that he's been in, but the movies that I have seen, I really enjoyed them. And so this this one I have to add on the list, too, because I, I thought that he did an incredible job with playing both characters, especially even with the vocal in, in Clint, like the vocal choices that he made for both the characters. Like Ronnie had such like a deep like I can't even do that. Like yeah. his voice was just so and every time he spoke, like it was just so different. Than Reggie, that it was, it really made it seem like two different people.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like in the, in the first, like the first um scene that we see, that the movie introduces uh, Ronald in, it's crazy because it's a close up shot with like a blurred background of him. Of course, like it's like, like you don't know it's like in a mental institution, but it is. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. and he's just talking, and but the way he like the way he kind of like, you know, um, expresses his words like very slowly but precisely. Like it's like every word is like very. Like, um, instead of, like, having a person that talks fast, but really isn't saying much, he talks a little slower, but all of his words have a specific, like, meaning and purpose that you kind of, like, like, it like, engages you in a sense. They're all and,
1: selected for a reason. Yeah. Exactly,
0: yeah. And he kind of looks, like, looks away a little bit, the way his mouth is positioned a little bit, like, the look in his eyes, like, you can already tell that this guy's, <laughs> yeah, like, he not a normal, like, the, yeah, that this guy's, like, I don't know, has a couple of screws and all of that, but incredible but then compared to his brother Reginald that's like a little more a little bit more fast-paced and I guess a little more like you know like there's like I think physical a little bit of like physical and like dial like you know and language um differences between both brothers but even though they have a lot, a lot of similarities too I guess other, other, uh, of course like other than how they look but yeah I think the execution of like playing both like, you know distinguishing both characters and acting as both character like as different characters he does a great job in
1: I agree. I agree. I thought he did a really good job with that.
0: Alright, absolutely. So, um, before we log off, is there anything else, any other details you want to talk about? Anything else you found really cool or really bad about the movie?
1: No, the only thing... I just felt like the length was a little long. Yeah. I just kind of mm-hmm. a, 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 got a little like antsy in my seat towards the end. But other than that, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I love the setting. I love the characters. Yeah. I really enjoy... I, I, I wish it was like released soon, like like more recently so I can like see people on Twitter or see people's reactions on stuff like that to see what they talk about yeah but uh I think it was really good
0: yeah man can't absolutely. go to like if I go
1: to Tom Hardy now and I'm like oh great job in Legend he'd be like oh that was like five years ago
0: <laughs> yeah that was like four movies ago hey, something like that like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, like he does a great job in um in Peaky Blinders. Does a really good job. Like I don't know if you've seen Peaky Blinders before. He also seen it before. my
1: friends obsessed with that show, but I haven't oh, seen it. Such a, you he's sh- you in that, too. that Yeah, he's in that I didn't too. Know he he was plays in um
0: he plays this character called Alfie Solomon. He's a uh, he's he's um he's a Jewish like um like yeah like gangster stuff like that. He's Hasidic. Oh wow. I don't wait, actually, I actually don't okay. know if he's Hasidic, but he has like um like the long beard and like he's a hat. So I'm not sure if he's, he's Hasidic or not. I don't get that wrong, but he plays a Jewish person there. But like same type of like the same almost same type of character where it's like he has the accent he he kind of like he's like he's funny in a sense the way he speaks but like you, you gotta watch it i don't really know how to explain like it's more of like <laughs> yeah a, yeah like, watch but like he does an incredible job in that in that series he like he's not a main character per se but like within like i think the second season he becomes more of like a recurring character that has like yeah know, like, okay like, is in with like um with cillian murphy who plays as um as a main character for the show, because the show is about like a, a a crime family in Birmingham, England, but way before like the craze uh, era. So oh, it's like, really? gonna play around like in the, like around like the mid 1920s or early in the 1920s, right after World War One. So it's really cool to see how kind of like how England has, has 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 like its crime families and like its its syndicates and all that. You know, very interesting. Yeah, exactly.
1: They, to see that it's had it for years and it's been yeah. building up like just
0: empires. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's important to also understand that everywhere in the world, there's been there's good people and bad people. Sometimes the good people are really bad people. And sometimes the bad people have good qualities and stuff like that. And of course, you know, poverty and crime kind of like go together very well everywhere. It's not just just in the U.S. You know, everyone gets you know people That's in the lower class could. get yeah people in the lower class get taken advantage of, but and the they want to find their own ways of making it out. But sometimes, of course. Doesn't really work out the way they want it to, or it's more inconsistent, or you know, it's just all up to the person to judge, or the audience member to judge for for the most part. Yep, awesome, man! All right, so we want to thank you guys for uh tuning in. Um, this is not your average critic with Mateo Mantilla. This is uh, mine is Mateo my name is Matteo Mantilla, my co is Michael Newman. We'll see you What's guys it? next week, um, and we'll let you guys know soon which next film or documentary we're going to discuss next. We kind of like, ha- like, we kind of like. We, we like to announce it during the show. We like to, like, kind of like bring it up as a surprise for the next show. So, we'll definitely... So, uh, stand on the lookout for next week for our next topic, for next documentary. I'll let Michael choose this one this time because um, he chose the first one with Ratched. I chose this one at uh, the second episode with Legend. And now, I can't wait to see which one we're going to choose next. Um, It's definitely... Gonna I be have movie no cause I idea. Felt, cause felt, yeah, because I felt like we've chosen very good films for the most part. Like, yeah. films that aren't really spoken about a lot, but are really good films. And they've all been, like, Netflix, like on Netflix, so... So yeah, maybe so we'll stick Can't to we? Netflix. Yeah, I yeah, because so listen, Netflix has been too. There's so two, much so f- stuff yeah. on Netflix. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I like
0: I like Hulu too. To be honest, I think Hulu. Oh, you guys Hulu, Hulu too? So okay, good. Okay, yeah. Hulu. Whatever you want to go with, yeah. we either go Hulu. keep on going with Hulu or keep on going with Netflix. Up to you, as long yeah, as yeah, either guys, or. A good work of art. So I, I have the utmost confidence in you that you're gonna choose like a, a good film, documentary, good. I'll think of a good one. What. All right, man, absolutely. <laughs> so this is now your average critic. We'll catch you guys next time.